0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Christ is in our midst. He was, and is, and ever shall be. Now when we see this demoniac, we may, if we have our vision of Hollywood in mind, we'll think of him sitting innocently one day, and all of a sudden a demonic spirit comes into his his body, animates him, and sends him off into the tomb. Something instantly. But I don't think that's how... Things like the extremes of demonic possession, but even the, the sins that take over in our own lives, they don't happen usually instantly, but they happen over time. There's a corrosion that happens over time when, uh, when something is part of our, becomes part of our life and it kind of eats in, it becomes more and more. No one who takes a drink of alcohol or his first drink of alcohol says, today I'm going to become an alcoholic. Right, that's something that takes time, and to, over time it becomes a habit, and the habit becomes an ingrained part of the person, and then all of a sudden, they're either alcoholic and they're and they're lost, and the many different ways that sins corrode into our lives, that's how it happens. So I doubt that this person in this in this uh, gospel passage today became a demoniac overnight, but over a long time of of sin, and of and of. Yes, yes, demonic temptation, but also being apart from God. Also the people, the the townsfolk in in this gospel, look how jaded and cynical they are. Because they saw this man who was a demoniac in chains by the demons. In fact, he was so tormented, excuse me, by the demons that the people had to put him in chains. And then they see this man in his right mind and what happens? They're upset. Their lives are interrupted. Their livelihood, the pigs, are gone. And they get upset. And rather than rejoicing that one man is free, they, dr- they ask the Lord to leave. That doesn't happen overnight. That happens over time. That happens through forgetfulness and through neglect and through focusing on the world and worrying about the livelihood so much that they forget about the people and the human beings around them. Let, us, let that not, not happen to us. Our culture today is very corrosive. And I don't need to list all the kind of ways that c- the culture is corrosive. With, with secularism, and with the entertainment industry, and nowadays digitally with the phones, and everything that we're focused on eats away slowly at who we are as human beings, and we need to be very, very careful Today, Jesus in this gospel gave the disciples and the townsfolk and all those who read this gospel a warning, a foretaste, a foretaste of bitterness that will come if we are not watchful and careful of our souls. Because God came to make our souls pure again. God made our souls pure. Children, when they're young, their souls are innocent and pure. And over time, because of this corrosion because of the things that we let in either we by knowingly or unknowingly that become part of our lives we start to become the cynical know-it-all whatever adults that we are to this very day so we need to be careful we need to be watchful Jesus does this miracle to make us aware of ourselves and the possibilities of our lives that may happen if we are not careful and watchful now, it reminds me of, a, of a, when I was young, when I was 18 years old, I had a, a job, a very dangerous job. The most dangerous job I had in my life is not your being your parish priest. <laughs> the most dangerous job I had in my life, I worked in a chemical plant. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. And this is a chemical plant. I'm not going to name the name of the company, but it had the most dangerous chemicals in the world. And I worked there for a summer as an intern, a mechanics assistant, working in the tanks, working with the pipes, turning valves, closing valves, all these things coursing through these pipes. And on top of that, my dad was my boss. My dad was also the safety engineer of this refinery. His whole career is keeping people safe. His workers and the and literally the city around this, um, this chemical plant. One day before I started, my, I was, I, I, when I was 18, I was not the controlled guy that I met. I was dopey, I was clumsy, I was impulsive. I, when I saw, when I saw a, a valve. I probably very much would want to turn it just to see what happens, right? My dad, before the day started, he, he took me into the, to the, 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 the garage in our house he put my hand over the sink. He had a pitcher of water next to the sink. Out of his jacket, he took a little vial of a clear liquid. I don't know what it was. It had an eyedropper. He took this liquid. He dropped the drop on my hand, a one little drop. First, it started to the bubble. Then, it started to the smoke. Then, it started to the hurt. Then, my dad poured the water over my hands. I don't know what it was, perhaps. But, and I was okay, and I let him do this. I was 18, again, I was I was dopey. But he was teaching me a lesson. What is he teaching me? You're gonna go work in this place the next day for the summer with very dangerous things that people, you could be killed. And imagine if that drop of stuff was all over your body, if you're not careful. Be careful. And he said, even worse, what if you're careless and you turned a knob or a valve and cause the chemical to go to the pipe and go into another co-worker that, had not, that was not expected. Or into the, into the atmosphere and cause all kinds of people around the ke- plant to be hurt. What's he teaching me? To be aware of myself. God wants us to be aware of ourselves in this toxic, corrosive world yet that yes, we Orthodox Christians believe that demons are present and working and, and, and corroding our lives. I believe it. As a priest of now almost 15 years, I believe it and I have seen it and I know that it's possible for this to happen in our lives. It is a reality. Now the church, which is the body of Christ, which is Christ's own gift to us, gives us help. First of all, the church preaches the truth the church does not sugarcoat anything there are three the three main threats that we have in our life are death and the devil and sin the church does not hide these things in fact in the hymnody of our church our chanters know we sing about this all the time the church is always singing about the dangers of the devil the victory of jesus over the devil the endurance of the saints over temptation. Tomorrow, I I encourage you to go online OCA.org and look online at the life of Saint Hilarion. A man who was in his hut in in the desert and had all these demonic things pounding him outside the door of his hut. He would hear lions. He would hear harlots cooing at him to come out and give him the temptation. And he knew that what they, they were coming from that there are demonic temptations and he endured. Yes, this is an experience of the church. The church sings about this. The church reveals the corrosive forces. The church tells us especially about death and sin and the devil as being a spiritual reality. Now, again, this miracle in the gospels show our own success, success, susceptibility It reveals our spiritual opponents. They honestly address the threats that we have. And the church addresses them and empowers us to resist the devil. So as St. James says in his epistle, if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. For example, I have three examples, only three, but there are many. Against death, that threat, what does the church, a threat to our bodies, what does the church give the church gives us the Eucharist. Christ offers his own body and his own blood. When we receive the communion in a few moments, think about what it is that we're receiving. We are receiving Christ's death-conquering body that passed through the grip of death, that is, it lives in the resurrected kingdom that in this, 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 resu- this uh, resurrected body, we take into our own body because Jesus shares his resurrected life with us and the life of heaven, the life on the other side. And with the communion, Jesus is, now picture this, Jesus is pulling us through, through our lives, into the heavenly kingdom. This is the gift of the Eucharist. This is why it's so precious. This is why we do this every Sunday. And this is why we need to partake of it. It's not a magic potion. It is a way of life. And it is a way of life having God share his life with us. And us to share our lives with him. Against sin. The church grants grace. The church gives. The word grace means a gift. And that gift is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. We call it the Lord. The Lord. Oh, Heavenly King, the Comforter, the, the Lord, the Spirit of life who guides us, who comforts us, who strengthens us, who purifies us, who enables us to step away from sin and to draw us again to God. None of you would be here this morning or would be Orthodox Christians or could say, Lord, have mercy, or Jesus is Lord, or Jesus is risen from the dead if not for the Holy Spirit. This is uh, a gift, again, that, the, that God gives to us. Just a little thing. When we're, bap- when we're doing baptisms, maybe you've all seen them, and we baptize the, per- the baby, or the ad- we recently <laughs> an adult, and we bring the person out, and then we chrismate them with the Holy Spirit. What is the commun- Next up, baptism, I want you all to yell, yell out very loudly. When, I'm, when I say the gift of the Holy Spirit, the whole community yells at the same time, the gift. The whole community acknowledges the spiritual life is a gift from God. Again, to protect us and to enliven us and to purify us and to keep us safe in this corrosive world. And then finally, against the demonic, the church gives exorcism. And yes, exorcism is part of our church tradition and a part of our life even here i have read exorcism prayers for people who are suffering in this very church i have had accounts in my in my priesthood where people have had their house and they had strange things happen that they could not figure out what happened and what did they do they called the priest to do the prayer of disturbed houses of houses that have spirits and i read them and it's not my work, it's God's work. They said after the, those prayers were read, they were gone. Also, there's a tradition that we need to start, I'm mean, going to talk to Presley Teta, we need to do in our, in our house, we need to burn incense around our house because the devils hate the holy incense. Again, it protects the incense, the incense inundates every corner of our house and it becomes a place that's claimed back for God. So we cannot let the the demons in. We need to be aware of them. We cannot let this corrosive element all around our lives affect the hope and the joy and the purity that we once had and perhaps we have lost and we need to gain it back again. The church is described as an ark, right? An ark going through the ocean, going to a destination, going to the heavenly kingdom, all together within within this boat. I have another image to add. Maybe the church is not so much of an ark, but it's more like a submarine now that is enveloped by all the ocean. And when a submarine gets really enveloped in the ocean, there's a lot of water above it, the pressure wants to squeeze in to this submarine. And any little tiny crack, water water shoots in. And it puts the whole ship in danger. We are like this submarine. We're not in danger if we're in the submarine Because Christ is the ark. He is our body. He is our protector. He is our savior. But we need to be aware of all these things outside that are wanting to crush you and me, you these precious people, and me this this priest, are trying trying to drive us off of our goal to be with our God at all times, to be saved, to be forgiven of our sins, and to live with our Lord in the kingdom.